Tired of waking up hot and uncomfortable? Start sleeping cool on the Temper Breeze by Tempur-Pedic. It's engineered with a revolutionary cooling system that pulls excess heat away from your body to help you sleep deeper all night and wake up more refreshed every morning. During the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and experience your coolest sleep this summer with our best breeze savings of the year. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. You know, people have told me that we should change that intro music, and I am so against that. If you saw me on video while Jordan Belfort was playing, I would just, it would be the most embarrassing thing ever because I rock out. Anyways, Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast sponsored by Draft.com. Go ahead and enter, uh, go ahead and subscribe to uh, join Draft.com and, and use promo code DGEN and get a $3 free ticket when you make it a deposit of $10 or more. The best ball feature for the majors is going to be a big thing. You should check it out. It's really awesome. Go to Draft.com, sign up right now, use promo code DGEN. Of course, this week we're here for the uh, Valero Texas Open. And as usual, I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, Kenny. Good, uh, good week there that we just had, and I'm excited for this week. And it sounds like from a little bit of Twitter chatter, we've got a bit of things to talk about here this week. So I'm excited uh, for this pod. Well, we'll go over some stuff this week. Let's talk about the match play from last week. First off, as a golf fan, I love match play. I mean, this is like the OG of golf. This is how golf started. You know, the PGA Championship was freaking match play for like 50 years before it changed to stroke play. I mean, this is this is how it was done back in the day. Mano y mano, man to man, battling it out. And it, it was great. You just see so many more different things than you see in a normal stroke play event. Now, as a DFS fan, once a year, I'm cool with that. 
<laughs> you know, it is a lot of freaking work to make those lineups. Uh, you know, it's a lot different than normal. It took me so much longer. I said I was going to play less GBPs. I didn't play cash. I said I was going to play less GBPs. I ended up playing my normal amount. It took freaking forever. Uh, but let's talk about the tournament itself with Kevin Kisner going from runner-up last year to first place this year. Bulldog mentality coming in, uh, really, really beating just basically about everything. I think he lost one um, in the round robin. Uh, but, you know, he went out there, Lucas Beergard going out there, beating Tiger, beating Stenson, uh, beating some other people out there, just crushing souls. Uh, you know, very, very low owned. I was a huge fan of him last week. I had a whole bunch of them. He helped me out a lot. You had the whole Kucher and Sergio thing. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, other great guy guys, Usti, uh, loses the first round. He's There was a couple of guys, uh, if I have this stat correctly, um, I think this year was the first year anyone ever lost their first match and made it to the Sweet 16. I think a couple of guys did that, including Louis O, who was a big pick of mine. So I was a little sweating it out going into the weekend. Um, what was your thoughts about the event? Love it. Uh, you know, I, I've already, first off, I already love match play, like you said. So as a golf fan, I think it's incredible. Um, you know, some of the stories, old school ones are good, but even some of the crazy ones like talking about Finau in Vegas, busting his ass for money on the side. Like I could just imagine, I'd love to go back and just see some of that stuff. So uh, as an event, I thought it's awesome. You know, I like the one-on-one, the coverage on Sunday pissed me off because there's two matches out there. There's a lot going on. They could have shown a lot more golf and it was just tough trying between the app and everything on the broadcast to be able to see it. So, you know, I had some opinions on that that pissed me off, but um yeah, pretty crazy. Like I say, the thing with Kisner having a loss and then getting all the way there. Uh, Lu- Lucas, I was saying on the weekend, Lucas B, the B stands for buzzsaw. Because, man, this guy was just crushing everybody, rolling them over, could not miss. Uh, I-, I did the a bit of a mistake with him in the $5. I-, I did use him there quite a bit, but I used him to get, like, all the studs, which obviously none of the studs really moved on. If you look at, like, the Brooks rose rory combos or whatever it was and then use him with the the jt group who i was heavy against uh it made sense but it didn't i didn't use him in any of the balanced ones that i had in the bigger tournament so uh he crushed me in the end he ended up being the uh, the destroyer but overall the event was solid kisner was another guy just wouldn't go away the putter couldn't be stopped uh and good for him right to go from last year to this year and get it done pretty cool uh, pretty cool way to get it done and, and go out and strong and finish it and get the win this time around. Yeah, for DFS purposes, I mean, I only played GPPs. I played $255 worth of GPPs in, in entry fees. Uh, I got back $245, so I lost 10 bucks. Uh, it wasn't that, which I will take, you know, in GPPs. If I played cash and my cash lineup won, that'd be, you know, a 35% return on investment for the week. So a little bitter that I didn't play cash because the cash lineup I use actually would have cashed easily in everything. Um, uh, I did have a 907 point lineup. Uh, <coughs> I had five of six through to the sweet 16 and three of four in the final four. And then, um, it, of course the way I do my GPPs is, uh, I, I, I play a lot of different ones. So I play like, like, like 20 in the 20 max dollar, 20 in the 20 max $3. Uh, I played 27 this past week in the uh, $5. Uh, and then I played like, you know, Mayo's tournament, a couple of single entries, uh, and then like nine fifty uh, of the mini max uh, just to make it 80 total. And so the lineup that I had, that was 907 points, um, basically would have won the Mayo event, 
would have come in second in all the single entries uh, for you know close to a thousand dollars in each one, and would have would have won minimum four hundred fifty dollars if I put it in the three dollar or five dollar. Instead, it was in my one dollar contest. I came in tenth place and only won fifty bucks uh, from that lineup. So that's the risk I take each week with the way I do my GBPs. I just hope and pray that my better lineups are in the higher contests, uh, and I do that just so because I I, I want to stay on their budget. Uh, a budget uh, constraint, I think, is one of the most important parts of daily fantasy sports. Uh, going overboard, having a big win, and then the next week doubling up. That stuff just doesn't work in the long term, in my opinion. So I, I keep a strict, tight budget, and I have to keep it in there. And that's, that's that's the only way I can do it with my GPPs and keep my budget in. So it's a risk I take uh, each and every week. Um, how did you do last week, Tampa? I know you had a big week. Solid. Yeah, yeah, big, big week. Uh, could have could have been a lot bigger, but I never complain. I'll take what I get. It's. Uh, it's frustrating at times because you know some people forget that when you know I'm playing a lot higher stakes, Kenny, and and you know that. But it's just comes down to one, two things. One, like you said, it's picking the right lineup in the right spots. I actually do the same thing you do, and I typically stay the same. So for anyone out there, I'd recommend staying the course unless you feel you have some sort of special edge. But I, I stuck with the same route. I, I do 150. I max out the five dollar. I put somewhere from 20 to 30 in the 44 dollar, and then I play one to three and like the 444 and this week my lineup that I had everywhere including the listener league which we'll get to in a minute um you know the mayo's league I had it in the in the smash factor league cups corner the woods in the gc cup I had it everywhere uh it would happen to be my main lineup and it ended up coming in second in the 444 by two for my biggest score of the week but but for 2.4 points away from the top uh and the drop from first is 50k down to 20 so uh, phenomenal week. Uh, the reason, like I said at the beginning, is sometimes people forget that, you know, the amount you're putting in, you know, that 50K means a lot more than the 20, but I'm not going to complain about the amount. It's just how many times your money are you in? I'm in for three grand a week, right? So if I can get 50 instead of 20, it makes for a lot more weeks of that play. But like Kenny said, don't switch it up if you're not, if you don't have a reason to, right? I knew I had a bit of an edge going into the match play, but I didn't change anything for it because it's so high variance that anything can happen. Turned out to work in my favor, and this is now. Actually, it's more my daughter that works in my favor because it was, again, her birthday. And mm. last year on her birthday is when I won the dog leg with Poulter making that massive putt and going to the playoff because last year during the schedule change, it was the Houston Open. And now that's back-to-back years with big scores on her birthday. So it worked out pretty well. Yeah, uh, it's a good week to play. I mean, it's like Rory playing on St. Patrick's Day. Tyler, if you play two weeks before the Masters or the week before the Masters, uh, that that's your week. All right, so uh, the big controversy. This past weekend was, of course, the Sergio Kucher concession gate. Uh, if you guys didn't pay attention, uh, where oh were you, gosh. first off? Uh, secondly, um, secondly, what happened was uh, Sergio missed a, you know, like a like a 12-footer, uh, left it about six inches, eight inches away, uh, and missed that putt and left, left himself a six to eight-inch putt. Uh, he raked it back into the cup and it lipped out uh, of the cup. And so what Kucher did was he went to the rules official and he told Sergio or he told the rules official uh, who had no idea what happened. Uh, that's a key point right there. Um, Kucher went up to, went up to the, the rules official and was like, I didn't give him that putt. And um, that's where all the backlash and everything. And there's, there's varying 
differences of opinion here. We'll let Ty, me and Tyler are definitely on the opposite sides uh, of the spectrum here. So we'll, we'll go ahead, Tyler. What do you think about that whole situation? Well, I mean, I think people that follow you follow me, and we can respond to what we we both saw yesterday. As I said, I'll save the rant for here, but. I mean, first off, concession gate, like if this shouldn't even be anything. The bottom line is this, in my opinion, Sergio didn't even give the guy time to do anything, which he admits to later and says it was my mistake. The The issue Sergio says he has is that after it happens, Kucher doesn't, you know, doesn't feel right about it on the next tee. And he's saying, if you're not going to, and that's why it showed him in the fairway, like a hole or two later. And he was doing the up and down with his hands. Like, okay, if you want to be wishy-washy about it, then make a, make a decision, Matt. And apparently he asked for Matt to give him a hole, like saying, didn't ask for one, but said, if you want to make it right, you can concede a hole to me and give me one. And then Matt said, no, I'm not comfortable doing that, Sergio. That's that's not what I'm going to do here. And the bottom line to me is that Sergio is at fault. If you don't give the guy time, you're right. You know, you talked about it, that, that, that putt would be conceded to anyone, anywhere. But when Sergio doesn't look up, doesn't do anything, just assumes out of his own pocket and then smashes it past so it doesn't even go in the cup, that's on him, and, and that's you know rewarding him with another hole later, and giving him an 18 footer. I saw an article from years back with him insert with him and uh, Ricky playing, and he gave Ricky an 18 footer. Sergio himself gave gave Ricky an 18 footer because of something like that. That's up to you, but if Matt doesn't want to do it, it just pisses me off because it's back to like the whole uh, caddy thing. And at the end of the day, yes, he should have given the caddy more. He didn't. Then he offered him more. We're not getting that back into it. What I will bring up, though, about that is that you're saying that he has to give someone something. Don't. If I'm a person and I am that, that you're going to tell me that I got to do something, I'm more than likely not to do it unless I feel there's a right reasoning behind it. In this case, Matt said he didn't feel like it. So who's how is it on Sergio to tell him, you got to give me a hole then, or you should give me a hole then? Oh. He doesn't want to. He doesn't have to. It's match play. Don't give him it. I wouldn't give him nothing. Well, first off, Sergio asked. He, he didn't say you must do this. Sergio asked. Let me ask you a question here, Tambo. Have you ever – you've watched a lot of golf. Uh, we get we get two match play events every year, the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup and the WGC Dell match play. Uh, in those – in the times I've watched match play golf, the, my first golf memory was the War on the Shore, 1991, Kiwa Island. Um, Bernard Langer missing that, what, five-footer to win the cup for uh, the, the, the Euros. Um and the United States winning. That was one of my first golf moments. So I've been in love with match play for almost 20 years. Um, and in almost 30 years, I'm sorry. And, and here's the thing. I'm, God damn, I'm old, almost 30 years. Anyways, um, have you ever seen a pro, male golf pro, in any of these stroke play events be forced to putt an eight-inch putt? Never. Never, right? Never. Never. The only time this is sure. this is the only time this has ever happened before. Uh, a couple of guys tweeted me. It was Craig Stadler in 1985, but that was an 18-inch putt in the Ryder Cup to win the hole. That's different. To win the hole, to, to win the match. I'm sorry, to win the match. Now, winning the match. Yeah, but go ahead, go ahead. But he has to give it to him. That, that's what the the point that is being forgotten. Like no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Putt. He does not have to yes, give. He no, does. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He has to no, let the official no, know. He, that's where the whole that's no, where the no, 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 no. He does not up. have to let the official know shit. If he just walked to the next hole, nothing would have happened. Nothing would have happened. But, but the reason the whole second controversy is because the official got involved. Well, because Kucher ratted his ass out. That's what people are going to say. That's, that's exactly fine, what but, the but, fuck happened. 
Kucher, you're the same guy. You're the same guy on Twitter saying about ethics and and gentlemen's game and all exactly. this shit. Exactly. He he goes and te- that's not gentlemen. Yes, it he is. The guy this is say, what golf has been. Deal. I want to see what we can do. This is what golf yeah. has been forever. It's a gentleman's game. It's integrity. You know that shit is good. You know that shit is good. It's always been good. Then, then why did Sergio apologize? Why did Sergio admit because his mistake Sergio and can't have any more bad raps? He can't be. No, no. That, that's what they did today. Their their little PR. No, that's stuff what he was afternoon. doing. That's what he was thinking okay. yesterday too. He knows. You know. Yeah. You know his agents in his ear. You know his sponsors have been in his ear. He's like, you can't do anything that'll that'll jeopardize the couple of people that still like you. Okay, and so I mean, Sergio has that fresh in his brain. You got to think his sponsors. You got to think his agent is telling him that every time he steps on the course. Okay, and and now here's the deal. That putt is always given. Kucher didn't have to say shit. He doesn't have to go to the official and tell him it was good. He just walks to the next hole and nothing fucking happens. And that happens all the fucking time. You look at the Twitter feeds of all the PGA Tour players who commented on this, and they all said Kucher's in the wrong. These are the the pros. These are the guys that play. Westwood said it. Um, uh, Chris Paisley said it. Uh, James Hahn said it. These are all pros that are against Kucher because they know Kucher did a fucked up thing. It was gamesmanship. It was to get that free hole. That's what it was about. And that's not what golf. Yeah, but he's, uh, you're not, I'm going to, I'm going to take that free hole. I'm playing you man to man in the game, big money on no, the line. You, 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 and I'm taking yeah, but, that from you. You make a mistake. You act like a four year old, slam it past and come back to me. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Could the, you the, give the, me the, that the, hole? The, the, the mistake was Sergio being a dick, but that wasn't the reason why this was a controversy. It was a controversy because Kucher didn't just turn around and walk to the next hole, which 99.9999999% of all pro golfers would have done. 99.9999999999%. The only one you've never seen this before, ever. The only time you've ever seen this before was Suzanne Peterson against Allison Lee in a 2015 Solheim Cup, and that was even dirtier than what Kucher did. Okay, Suzanne Peterson was against Allison Lee. Allison Lee had about a, a one footer, eighteen inches for for a tap in. Supposedly, Lee, uh, 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 Suzanne Peterson mumbled something under her breath, and Allison Lee thought that was meant that it was a good because it's good. That's the way it's always been. That's the way golf has always been played in match play. Kucher went against the, the the unwritten rules, the ethics of golf. Kucher was the one that went against that. Yes, because you've never You're just hating him. He's your villain. He's your no. villain. The boy, go look up the I, I, James I, Hahn Twitter feed. The boys are ripping him up. James Hahn doesn't know shit. He rips up people on Twitter all the time. He got called out about sixteen. What about times Lee Westwood? What about Chris Paisley? Both, they both said the same shit. It's not something that you fucking do. The putt is good. So there's three so, so guys. All, so, 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 to so what Kuchar did, so what Kuchar did was basically he knew what, what he saw and he used that against Sergio to get the extra point. That that's what that's what it was. Sergio didn't give him even one second. You don't need a second, it's a sixteenth putt. It's always good. You don't you're not you can't it's always been good. Yes, you can. Because it's always been assumed. That's why you've never seen anyone putt a six-inch putt ever in match play. Ever. Ever. And, and to Lee Westwood's point, Lee Westwood was more about the, the generality of the rules. He wasn't taking sides necessarily. He's saying that, look, it just shouldn't have happened because it should just be if it's a six-inch putt. It should be good. Exactly. But in this case, that exactly. wasn't. Exactly. It should be fucking good. There, the rule would not, the rule not, would not, the rule not. would not have been in place. If Kucher did not say anything to the official, 
Kuchar is the one that went to the official first and told him, I didn't give him that putt. The official had no clue about right. that. So if Kuchar did what, nine, what every other pro golfer should have done and would have done, he just turned his head and walked to the next tee. That's what, that, that's what, yeah, that's what everybody would have done. Everybody. Kuchar just took this advantage, and, and he was a dick. It, it, it was. It was. A, well, you got your villain. No, you well, got your villain I, now I, because I, I don't think he's in the wrong. I know a lot of people don't think he's in the wrong. And at the end of the day, he tried to make it right. You're everyone's just saying this. You guys don't know Kucher, neither do I, and I don't need to stick up for him. Everyone's saying that he went to him and ratted on him. He did. Quote. Unquote. All he did is said no. All he did is say, "Hey, Mister yeah, Official." But he didn't have I to didn't, do that. I, no, nobody listen, would I ever said, do that. I didn't give nobody him the, ever does that. Hey, nobody ever does if that. He's, if he's doing play. it, then he's sharp. He exactly. Got a free That's he what got he a free did. Hole, then. That's what he did. He got a free hole. And he's not allowed to do that. He he's can do that, but it's going to make him look like a big fucking asshole, and everyone hate him more than he does. And that's what he deserves. And that's <laughs> what he fucking. I think he's okay with that. I doubt that. You think Mister Golly G, who has no clue about what people think about him, and everyone thinks he loves him. Maybe he doesn't care, but it's an image thing. It's money. You know what I'm saying? It's money. <laughs> He's getting money, man. He's ripping people off left and right. I'm you telling you, man, it's a really bad look. It's a really bad look. Suzanne Peterson never really got over that. Uh, she still gets shit for that to this day, and it happened four years ago. Um, you know, I'll tell you right now. Here's the thing, though. This is, this is in 2019, and the caddy gate's already over, pretty much. We're on to this one. So that's how quick stuff moves on. Why Kucher don't give a shit about what he does? Because well, guess what? Okay. He didn't do okay. nothing wrong. He he did. He nothing did. Wrong. Okay, maybe by the letter of the law, he did nothing wrong. But as a golfer, that's right. As a pro who's been on the tour for twenty, what if he did this to Tiger? You think he did this to Tiger? No. You think he did this to any of his American teammates? No. The reason why he took advantage of this situation is because he knew he was playing against somebody who was not very like match play. Look. It's mental it's warfare. Not, yeah, it's but match it's, play. But, I'm but doing it's anything. Not, golf is not like that, man. Match. Golf is still not like that. Oh, Even if it's gosh. match play. This is one. This is worse than last time. This is worse than you and I talking no. to speak. Yeah. I, this, I will never back down on this, this bet because this is what golf is. You know, it's a game of integrity. It's a game of respect to your opponent. And he didn't give Sergio any fucking respect. None. None. Yeah, Sergio, did, Sergio didn't give the game much respect when he was That shit don't fucking matter. The, the, the putt was good. Neither does the Kucha putt pick was good. Putt. If he just picked up the putt, the putt wasn't good. He jammed it against saying, the hole if he and he rolled out. The putt instead, nothing would have happened. Nothing yeah. would have happened. Nothing was said that said you can scoop the because putt. that is a six-inch putt. It's always good. So they got to change the rule for for you to be right. They it's not change a the rule. rule. It's not it a be, rule. It is an unwritten good. rule that is followed by almost every golfer that plays the game. You're right. It's not a, it's it's not a written rule. Because there's six inches. There's the only inches, reason it's ever been inches. up to discussion is this fucking week. This week. Yeah. Because it's, it's never answer. fucking happened before. Why has it never happened before? Because nobody else did what Kuchar has ever done. There's a reason for that. You know, there's a must, reason. Must not have done there's a reason. Yes, there has. There's been plenty of people where people scoop up a putt six inches and not tap it in to scoop it up. After six inches and no one said nothing, he just turned around and walked to the next hole. That's how it is. it's done. I never, I don't know. I never seen that. Well, you never seen someone scoop uh, I've a never putt. Seen someone just pick in a match play event that's six inches away. It happens every hole. No, not without someone saying something to them. It's good. That's the other respect and the integrity back. Every time this week that someone's taking a putt, they've looked up at the dude and the guy says thumbs up it's or take six it in, or yes or go ahead. Inches, bro, that shit was nothing that shit was. Said. Nothing was, said, nothing was said, and nothing's usually ever said on those six-inch putts. That's why it's never happened before. 
Ever. Ever. Okay. So Kucher and Controversy sort of been going together like golf and a strip club after the round. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of strip club, Tambo, have you ever have I ever told you the uh, strip club golf tournament story that I went to? I did not tell you. Okay, so I'll tell everyone the story. I might have said it on the pod before. Uh, I played in a strip club golf tournament. Uh, it was right outside of Richmond at Royal New Kent. Uh, a nice little golf course right outside of Richmond. It was Paper Moon um, Strip Club. I, I knew the GM of the Hooters in Roanoke at the time where I was living, and he got an invite to this tournament, so he went. Uh, it was a wild tournament, as you can tell, as you can see, strippers and golf. It was great. You know, we're get, drinking uh, Cuervo Black at like 9 o'clock in the morning straight from the bottle. And uh, so the first hole we go, and, and, and there's strippers on every hole. And, you know, they tend to flag for you and stuff. You make a birdie, they'll flash their tits and all that all that great stuff that strippers do. And so um, first hole, this stripper, um, she basically straddles the cup, you know, like sits down on the ground and straddles the cup and, like, pulls her bikini bottom to the side. And we're just banging our putts, like, off of her, you know, you know what, like, <laughs> or hoo-ha. <laughs> and it's going in the hole, right? We pick up the ball. The ball's, like, wet and shit. It was, it was disgusting, but it was great. It was great. So the, the, the main part of this story is we were on the turn. And at the turn of this tournament, uh, there was, like, lap dances and stuff, like, quick lap dances you can do at the turn. And so there was a lot of girls at the turn. So me and a buddy of mine, we had uh, maybe, like, 300 singles in the cart. And we're like, girls, we got your tip for you, but you've got to wait till after we hit our shots. So we hit the shots, you know, and then we get back in the car and all the girls are like, where's our tip? And I'm like, give me a second. And we drive down the middle of the fairway and we just start throwing dollar bills in the air, like outside of the cart, like $300 worth of singles. You ever seen $300 worth of singles? It's, it's about a foot tall. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of ones. And so we're just throwing all these ones off the side. And we turn around and we look and it's just a gaggle of strippers running down the fairway picking up dollar bills like in the wind it was windy as fuck and it was one of the moments that i'll never forget in my life sort of needed this story uh after the uh the intensity of that kucher story so to lighten it up that was that strip club story and one of my friends it was funny uh about three or four years after the tournament uh, i find out that he's a member of royal new kent and um you know, I, I was talking to him. And I was like, yeah, I played in the strip club golf tournament. There. He was like, that was an urban legend of our club. Like, people in the club, like, didn't even believe that it happened that day at that tournament. It was a great day, a lot of fun. Um, you know, better than yelling about Sergio and Kucher all day. All right, so hey, let's hey, move one, on. Hey, one, one last quick dig, though. You said the ball was wet when you got out of the hole. Was, was yeah. Sergio there? Seriously. Was Sergio there spinning holes? Or Oh, no, that's something else he does, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, so. we can move on. We can be friends still, Kenny. It's all good. Hey, Tambo, I hate you. No, I'm kidding. I know, I'm kidding. I know. I do love Tambo. All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to the Listener League uh, for this week. Uh, the winner was Drummer underscore 1923. It looks like he has a fake-ass Twitter bird avatar. Uh, 920.85 points. Really, really solid. I would have taken down most all GPPs, except maybe a couple this past week. So really solid lineup by him. Of course, he had Frankie Molinari, who was the highest-scoring person um, – in the uh, tournament, even though he finished in third, I said this on Twitter uh, the other day, uh, winning the match play, probably not as important as just destroying all your uh, opponents and getting to the final four. Uh, and you can see that with Molinar's score of 232.65. Moly was 21% owned in the listener league. Tiger Woods, 27.5% owned in the listener league. Excuse me. In the listener league. Uh, Usti. 
uh, 26% owned, finished in fifth. Kucher, runner-up, he was uh, 182.55 points, 17.5% owned. We have a Jordan Spieth sighting in the Listener League <laughs> winning lineup, 12.5% uh, owned. And then he had uh, Kevin Kisner, the winner, uh, 198.15 points and 17.5%. What do you think of the lineup? Incredible. I mean, it tells you that Spieth is probably winning the Masters because look at that, the form, right? No, no I'm kidding. The the, uh, the lineup is built very strong. Um, if you look at the guy in fourth, he had a very similar lineup. That's me. And it is a great point you just brought up, Kenny, actually, about winning the matches and by how much you win them. Uh, you know, the lineup is actually so close to mine. I had Sergio and Horschel and to his Spieth and Kisner. And if you think back, like I could have easily had Kisner over um, Horschel and they were still in the optimal build on different sides of the brackets, whatever you want to call it. But like you think of a guy like Kisner who can just mow guys down. And obviously that was the kicker here, even though he wins Molinari has a bunch more points. He just had a bunch of guys that could show up and get it done here. And even Spieth looked all right early on. He didn't get there with him, uh, but there was a chance. So uh, in the end, overall really solid lineup. 920 would have smashed a lot of tournaments besides I think the $5 is the only one. Um, that it wouldn't have been up there. It would have been second in line type deal. So really good lineup overall, really strong finish. And I think it uh, was one of the strongest in the listener leagues as well, overall, through all of them. Yeah, really solid lineup by drummer underscore 1923. Uh, we'll be seeing him in the three-man this week. All right, let's, so let's move on uh, to this week. Golfers on the PGA Tour moved to Texas this week to play the Valero Texas Open from TPC San Antonio. Uh, the Texas Open is one of the oldest tournaments on tour, but has only been playing at TPC San Antonio since 2010. Any course history before that should be ignored. Uh, TPC San Antonio consistently ranks as one of the 10 hardest courses on tour. Uh, the course was designed by Greg Norman uh, in 2009. Supposedly, Norman was going through a divorce at the time, making this course, uh, you know, at, at the time of making this course, and it somewhat shows in his layout. Uh, it's a very long and difficult course. Uh, the par fives are especially long, with most being close to 600 yards. The average score for the par fives here since 2010 is 4.9, which is usually which is the highest of any course on tour for the par fives. The weather usually plays a factor here, as high winds are the norm. Um, high winds are the norm. Looking at the weather forecast as of now, it looks like storms may play a part on the weekend, but it has been dry there lately, and the wind will be a typical strong Texas breeze. Uh, make sure to check the forecast as the week moves on to see if there's any AM AM PM stack or PM AM stack advantages of uh, the first two days. Now, if you remember in 2015, uh, there was like a four or five stroke difference uh, from the morning wave to the afternoon wave. So it definitely played a factor here uh, before in the past. So make sure you check that weather forecast. Make sure you double check uh, the ways. One thing that you can always do if you're mass multi-entering is always make like a couple of lineups that are specific to one, like AM, PM wave, and make another couple of lineups specific to the PM, AM wave. Um, you know, and also if you check the forecast and it's a definite clear-cut advantage, I would stack whichever uh, wave has that advantage. Um, and now, a, a little bit more on this course. A lot of Australians tend to do well here. Uh, in interviews, many of them say that TPC San Antonio reminds them of courses back in their home country. Now, this definitely makes sense as Greg Norman designed the course. And with help from Sergio Garcia, 
<laughs> and windy conditions are usually the norm down under. Just something to think about uh, when you're picking your golfers this week. Uh, TPC San Antonio is a 7,435-yard par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. Only one par five is reachable by all. Uh, there are 58 bunkers on the course and water hazards on three holes. Off the tee, golfers will face narrow tree-lined fairways with large bunkers in play. Native areas will play a big factor on missed drives, as you know, Kevin Na famously showed with his 16 on number nine uh, a few years ago. Uh, these native areas consist of desert, brush, trees, and rocks. Uh, golfers will need to avoid these areas or get lucky when they do hit them, hit into them to succeed this week. These fairways are some of the toughest on tour to hit, as only around 56% of tee shots land in the short grass. The rough is usually thicker than the last couple of tournaments played, but there have been rumors that the course superintendent has shortened the rough and widened the fairways a bit compared to previous years because of the new place in the schedule for this tourney with the Masters being next week. As we all know, uh, the old Shell or the Houston Open uh, was always before the Masters the last four years, and they always made it uh, try to be as similar as possible to Augusta uh, just so people would come and play and try and get some practice in. Uh, now, it looks like the Valero Texas Open and TPC San Antonio is taking that same page. Uh, I haven't really known this for sure. I've just heard rumors. Make sure you check Golf Channel, Twitter, any golf news to see if this is what's really going to happen on the course. Because if that happens and the, and the fairways are wider and the rough is less, it changes the whole aspect of the course. And the past is not going to be as important uh, as maybe current form would be uh, and stuff like that. So it's definitely something you need to keep uh, track on this week as the week goes on. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see average-sized greens that are multi-tiered with a lot of undulation. Like Augusta National, the edges around the greens are closely mowed, so many approach shots that just miss will lead to tricky up and downs from different collection areas or bunkers. Only around 57% of approach shots land on the green, so getting it up and down from off the greens will be important. The greens are usually firm, um, you know, and the greens are usually firm, and the fairways are usually fast, and the speed of the greens are going to be average around 11.5 to 12. Uh, and the greens use Bermuda grass overseeded with bent and perennial rye. Tambo, what golfers are we looking for this week? In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, stats, stats wise, I'm kind of sticking to what you just said, where we you know the rumors of Augustified or whatever you want to call it is going to matter. So uh, I still want to look at some of the ones that stand out. So approach, like you said, it, it's tough to get it up there, but you still want to have guys that are good on approach shots. If not, then I fall back on around the green. Uh, you know, the closely mown areas. I think it's going to be very similar regardless. They'll just make it like that if the, if it's not already like that. And these guys will have the ability to get it up and down. And then because of that bogey avoidance. 
I still want to look at that, especially if things like wins pick up all these factors. And I am looking at a little bit more long term. Um, but I'll be talking recent form as a lot of these guys just played in Corrales, you know, in a, a alternate event field. And then from there, things like uh, proximity 175 to 200, a lot of shots in that range. All right. Sounds good. I, I, I'm down with all the stats you're looking for, you know, approach off the tee, all that stuff. Maybe I'll take a peek at proximity from 150 to 175 yards and 175 to 200 yards. Almost half of all approaches uh, have come from these two ranges, like 45, 47%. Uh, so come from these two ranges. So that's something that I will look for. All right. So let's move on to the players for this week. Let's start here in this 10K range. We got Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar, Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth, and the Korean Sung JM, who you got this week up top there, Tambo? First T3PO of the week is at the very top, and it's a guy, my favorite guy, Ricky Fowler. I never play him uh, when he's the top price guy in the field, and I don't plan on doing it again here. So I'm not sure uh, if anybody will. I just I don't have a good feeling for him here. I feel like he's here to make his appearance and move on. Uh, and the guy that I'll go to is the guy that's the controversy. It's Kucher. Uh, I think we could see a lower owned, you know, Kucher at 11.2K. It's sort of an odd pricing. There's guys below him. We know Finau is going to be popular. He's another guy I like. You could get the tired narrative. Uh, you know, there's talks on Twitter that he may even withdraw because not necessarily because he's tired, but he just played the grueling, you know, seven matches or whatever. And now he wants to get out to Augusta type deal. But I think he'll play. I think he'll be a little bit lower owned because of that and pricing. Uh, and he's got the form, and I think he's going to want to keep the momentum going. Uh, this is a year that he can get a major himself in the Masters here. Plays really well there, and he's been on fire so far this season. So I think he'll try and keep it going. Other than that, Finau, I just mentioned, always like him, needs a win. Been too long since the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, and this is the type of field that he can get one in, where some of the guys at the top are sort of, like I said, maybe if like Fowler doesn't care and wants to move on, then at the end of the day, it, it's something that he can pull off. The field's not that strong, and you'll see it as we get through it. Uh, the other guy is right at the very bottom of the range at 10-1. I'm going to skip over Jordan Spieth. Don't even know why he's priced up there. Uh, and go with Sung J.M. Guy's on fire, on fire again. I thought he was going to get the W last week in Corrales, but I, I call him Mr. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. This guy just plays every single event. There was some high praise for him from some of the guys that were playing with him. We know this already. Uh, I think uh, stats-wise, he's number one in my model. He totally warrants the price of 10-1, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a big Sung JM fan this week. Uh, he's probably my second favorite play uh, in this 10K range. My favorite play is going to be Tony Finau. Uh, here he's had a, a good uh, finish here in the past. I think it was the top five, top ten, a couple of years ago. He was he's ranked number one in my model. The big thing is, uh, I think eight of the ten par fours are from either four. I think four of them are from four hundred to four hundred fifty yards, and four of them are from four hundred fifty to five hundred yards. Tony Finau sixth and first in those two uh, par four efficiency stats from those ranges, uh, respectively, in this field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, I think his strokes gain off the tee. The thing is, he's still, even though he's long as hell, and that's why he has that, uh, he's first in strokes gain off the tee in this field in the last 50, but he's still in the top half. Um, you know, near the top 50% in fairways gained in the last 50 rounds as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I do like Tony a lot. I like Sung J.M. a lot in this range. And I'm probably going to play Kucher as well. I mean, even though I hate his ass, that shit shouldn't <laughs> matter when it comes to uh, DFS purposes. The guy's playing incredible golf. His little accurate draw or his accurate cut uh, tee shot should play really well here. Um, 
I, I, he was hitting a shit ton of fairways uh, last week. I think his big issue why he lost to Kisner was his, his speed on putts seemed a little bit off on Sunday, and that's what cost him. Uh, but, you know, from tee to green, he looked great. So, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm in on Kuchar again. Those are probably the three I'm going to play. But Finau first, him second, Kuchar third. Let's move on to this 9K range. And my first cash game cornerstone, actually I have two cash game cornerstones in this range this week. The first one is going to be Jason Kokrak at $9,400. Iron game strong. Again, a really good with uh, his proximity ranges from 150 to 200 yards. Really good on par fours from 400 to 500 yards. Plenty of birdie opportunities, long enough off the tee. 45th in fairways gain, which is not bad considering he's 30th in uh, driving distance in this field in the last 50 rounds. I love Kokrak. The form is there. Uh, he almost had that win the, the other week. So I'm going to go back to that well with Kokrak. Um, second, it's going to be uh, Ryan Moore at $9,100. Uh, Moore has pretty good course history here. He plays well here often. Iron game, always strong. Of course, it, co- it goes down to his putting. Um, and it's been sort of bad, but hopefully on a course that he feels familiar with, that he's played well here uh, in the past, that he can get that putter going just a little bit. Uh, fifth in strokes gain, tee to green in this field in the last 50 rounds. Fourth in fairways gain. He hits a ton of fairways. Good around the greens. Once again, good in those proximity ranges that I'm looking for. So I'm a big Ryan Moore fan as well in this range. Those are my two cash game cornerstone picks. Uh, Other guys I do like in this 9K range. Um, I do like Jim Furyk. I think the way he's been playing, it's been really solid. You know, tee to green, approach game, really strong. Hitting a ton of fairways. Really good around the greens. Hitting a ton of greens. Uh, as well. So I, I like Furyk, and I think I'll play, um, I like this range a lot. Uh, I think I want to play a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it's going to come down to ownership as well. I think if Billy Horschel is uh, a little bit less owned, then uh, he could be someone to pop out when it comes to ownership. Who do you like in this range there, Tambo? So he's not my favorite, but the guy you just mentioned, Billy Horschel, uh, I thought he still looked fine at match play, still like him on Bermuda. I talked about ball striking a little bit earlier, and he's even got some history here. He's got an 11th uh, last year, and then the two years before that, he was fourth and third. Uh, sorry, a miscut, and then the two years before that, he was fourth and third. So uh, I should mention too. Again, I'm using uh, B Hacks two on Twitter, Brian Haxton. I'm using his form guide here from Fanshare Sports. We didn't bring it up earlier, but Fanshare Sports has a really cool promotion going on right now. Uh, if you sign up on their site, you use the promo code DGEN10, all capitals, D E G E N one zero. You get ten percent off on their website. And they've actually got these custom club head covers that they're doing a draw for. And pretty cool for us, they're going to do a draw just for guys that sign up from DGen 10. So you have pretty good odds. Let's say 20 people sign up. You'll be a 1 in 20 chance at using it. So go over there, get your 10% off, and then you can use this form guide. But that's where I got the information from. So obviously, Billy Horschel, last five events, made cuts. He's 6 of 8 made cuts here specifically. It's got the Vegas odds, a 25 to 1, give or take, when he opened up the guide. And then, yes, 11th last year, a miscut before that, but then a fourth and a third the two previous years before that. My three favorite guys in this range, Kenny, and you brought up a couple of them. So I'll just uh, touch quickly on them, but my favorite is actually Jim Furyk. Uh, I think he could be this year's Ian Poulter, so to speak. Uh, he got he, he was trying hard in the match play to get into the Masters, did all right, I believe, until he got cut down, and now he's just not quite in. So 
he needs a win here. Uh, I'm not saying he can go and get the win, but I love that motivation at 9,600 with the form that he's got. I think he's a guy that we could see go hard. So I really like him at 9,600. I like the guy that's been unstoppable, so to speak, underneath him. Uh, Kokrak, incredible stats all around, been on fire with recent form, you know, decent history here. Five out of seven cuts made with some decent ones, 36, 11, 31st, three of his last five. Uh, and then the other guy I really like here is Ryan Moore. Uh, shout out to your boy, Sundog Monkey. Great guy. Good follow on Twitter. I uh, read his article. And one thing that he pointed out that stood out to me was, and things that I just forget about throughout the week, I always try and read as much as possible. But he's three for three cuts made here. Solid recent form. Missed the cut on the number at the Valspar. Uh, and then the point that he pointed out that I really liked was that Moore hasn't missed the Masters since 2012. And he's in jeopardy of it. So again, 9,100, super motivation here to get the win. I like more as well in, in this range at 9,100. I know we both talked about this before, but what are we doing with Beer Guard? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to get there in a second, actually, if you want to translate there. I'm going to well, use. Let's, 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 go, let's go to the 8K range, and then you can use your T3PO. Go ahead. Yeah, T3PO is right there. This guy can, you know, like I said, Lucas B, the B stands for Buzzsaw. The guy was on fire. I'm not going back to that at 9,000. Uh, I hope people do because it's so clear in their mind and how well he played, even beat Tiger and all this, and, and never know. Uh, you know, I actually kind of like. I know this sounds crazy because it's right, you know, what's the big deal? What's the difference? But I do kind of like him for the Masters, which, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but he's like 6,400 and he's already in that field. He has been on fire. I like him to cool off this week, but his mentality and his mental state, his game all around was sort of, you know, things I did like that I saw. Obviously, I'm pissed he cost me, you know, an extra $30,000, but it's nothing to do with that. I just think. It was a lot. He he sort of had his win over Tiger, and then it went a little bit down from there. He was still making some great shots. But my guy is answer, and, and I think he'll be popular. I think he'll even be, you know, chalk in some places. But at the end of the day, when I talk about T3POs, it's not the chalk three pivot options. It's just the three pivot options where I'm saying I don't like a guy or I want a guy underweight. In the case of beer, I'll probably barely use him, if at all, and I'll go to answer. And if, you know, I it's a spot where I'm also going to get over the field, Texas born and raised, you know, masters motivated, got a win in, in Australia this year. A lot of people don't know about, uh, you know, makes cuts, solid recent form, 17th and 12th the last two times out. He's two for two cuts made here, and he's a lot better golfer. He's my favorite guy right away. After that, a couple guys, and I'll kick it back to you. I like McDowell coming off the win in Corrales and the fact that he still isn't quite in at Port Rush. So, uh, you know, that's his home hometown home home event that he wants to get into and even with that win because it's an alternate event it doesn't quite get him in there so i do like mcdowell and i think a lot of people won't really click him at 8800 regardless of the win that he just got other three guys that i really like and i just won't go too deep on them in a spirit of time but you know luton used luton stayed in the field been on fire 12th 10th 6th miscut and a third four out of his last five ryan palmer uh he's got the course history here you know a little tidbit he, he tamed the snake pit at api so i like that uh and he really had a huge sunday there where he battled back in the wind seven for nine cuts made here the next two guys Baddeley and hoffman both course history guys but i like Baddeley a touch more i just wonder if if hoffman's gonna be thinking ahead a little bit i mean he has nine for nine cuts here with a with a win three years ago but i don't know if he's gonna be as involved with he wants to get to augusta or not i don't know i, I think he'll still play well so i'll probably still use him it'll depend on ownership 
But Baddeley's the other guy I like with the recent form. Just did well, seventh in Corrales. Uh, and yeah, seven for seven cuts made here as well. Who do you like? Uh, answers my favorite in this range. He's my third cash game cornerstone uh, this week. He has those Texas ties. Uh, he, he lives in the area. So does a couple of other guys in this range. Uh, but, you know, really good. His proximity stats are what stand out to me for Abraham Answer. Uh, if you look at his proximity from 150 to 175 yards, he's first in the field in the last 50 rounds. Proximity from 175 to 200 yards, he's second in this field in the last 50 rounds. Like I said earlier, almost half of all approaches are going to come from those ranges. He hits a ton of fairways, uh, you know, uh, so I'm a big fan of Abe. Uh, I've been talking him up earlier in the year, but he went through a little bit of a slide, but he's sort of picking his game back up. Uh, so I'm a fan. Answer, he's my third cash game cornerstone pick. I do like Jonathan Vegas as well. Another uh, Texas guy who lives in that area. Form has been solid here recently. He's long enough off the tee, but he's been hitting a shit ton of greens. And that's what I, it's been big for me on Vegas. He's top 10 in greens and regulation gained in the last 50 rounds uh, here uh, in this field. So I do like Vegas a lot. And then I'll be using the course history guys down below. I do like you, Sluton. Uh, Luton, for some reason, whenever he comes to America, his iron game just seems on point. Uh, like he just plays, he hits his irons really well. He doesn't play in America that often. Uh, but when he has, like in the last 50 rounds that he's played on the PGA Tour, um, in his field, now that's basically just majors and WGC events and stuff like that. Not too many, uh, events, you know, throughout the last three years. But overall, he's played in his last 50 rounds, which probably dates back to. 2015 uh he's first in this field in strokes gain approach now i don't know how much you can really rely on that when you look at this stat uh just because he hasn't played uh that often in the united states but still that's pretty freaking impressive uh i think he'll go a low own no one knows who he is uh so i think that's a play and then the three course history guys palmer badley and hoffman uh, i'll play all those three as well all right, so let's move on to the 7K range. And I'll go ahead and do my final cash game cornerstone pick. It's going to be Sung Kang, another Texas native. Um, he has some good uh, – he's Korean, but he lives in Texas, like a whole bunch of Koreans. Everyone flocks to KJ Choi, uh, who lives in Houston, and they all live around You know, the, the, the Korean godfather uh, and grasp his knowledge of the golf game. So a ton of Koreans live in Texas. Um and so, yeah, the forum has been really solid, We're racking up top 20s, top 25s, top 10s, has a couple of those here in this event as well. So I'm a huge fan of Sung Kang as my final cash game cornerstone for this week. Um, he's also been putting lights out as well. He's six in strokes game putting uh, in his last 12 rounds. Really been good on the par fives, good proximity from 150 to 175 yards. So finally, my cash game cornerstones for this week, the Valero Texas Open is going to be Jason Kokrak at $9,400, Ryan Moore at $9,200 or $9,100, I'm not sure, and then uh, $9,100, Abraham Anther at $8,900, and Sung Kang at $7,700. So that leaves you $14,900 left to fill out the rest of your lineup, so plenty of room uh, to make maneuvers there. Uh, other guys I do like in this range, uh, Joel Dahlman pops for me uh, big time this week. 
Uh, again, another good iron player, another good proximity guy from 175 to 200, good on par fours that are from 400 to 450 yards. Been making a ton of birdies. His form has been very, very strong, especially for the price that he has at $7,500. I do like Austin Cook as well, coming off a, uh, I think he had a top 10 the last time he came out at the Valero or at the Valspar Championship. So he has a bit of form going into this week. Um, other guys I do like in this range. Uh, I'll be back on Andrew Landry. I know he hasn't been playing that great lately, but we've seen the last few weeks uh, guys coming into places where they've won uh, the year before or come close to winning uh, the year before and coming uh, through in the clutch. We saw Casey do it a couple weeks ago with uh, uh, at the Valspar. We saw uh, – uh, last week, Kisner do it where he almost won the year before. Now, the game's not there. It's going to be a low-owned, uh, you know, GPP punt but flyer play. But I think he's worth it. Uh, I'll be playing Mullinax as well. Uh, Matt Jones down here with the whole Aussie narrative. And probably a little bit of Scott Stallings at $7,000. Who do you like in this range there, Tambo? A couple guys you mentioned, interesting, you know, with the the Kang situation. So you're you're on Kang there. I'm actually going to go against Kang here with my third and final T3PO. Uh, I can, you know, I think he's going to be a little bit chalky. I like all the things you said about him. I won't completely go off him 100%, but I, I can go with Neiman here. And I read a few more things on him today. At first, I wasn't going to be on him, but uh, his debut, I forgot about that. So that was huge. Uh, that obviously six here last year. That's not the only reason though. Um, the other thing is, is that at TPC courses in general, he's done really well. So there's something about those that he likes. And then actually, if you look at the stats compared to Sun Kang last 50 rounds, Kang rates out better overall, but in ball striking, approach, proximity range, the 175 to 200, Neiman's really got him in all of those. And so maybe a little bit of that. Uh, you know, good feel of coming back here. He missed a cut in at Corrales here, which is hard to imagine missing a cut there and then coming back and winning here. But at 7,600, I don't need him to win. So I'll recap my T3POs for the week. First one's going to be Kucher over Fowler way up top. The second one's going to be Answer over Beergard at 8,900 over the 9,000 point range. And then the last one is going to be Neiman over Kang. Uh, at the seventy six hundred, but seventy six hundred dollars, what he's at, but I I don't see why you couldn't play both of those guys. I just want to, if Kang's going to get really popular, I don't have a problem with Neiman. The other guy you mentioned there, and I like that you mentioned this. I think it's actually really going to be quite low owned. Surprisingly, is with Landry, uh, you know, and it's just a thing. People don't like to play previous champs, especially long shot ones. You know, when Adam Long wins a tournament, no one goes back to him the next week. It's the same with Landry. But this is sort of reminds me of like a burger situation where what's the term a burger always wins at? It's like one twice, uh, like the Memphis or something like that. I'm not sure. I forget what it is now off the top of my head. It's just on tip of my tongue. But yeah, like you know, this is the situation where someone can go back, like you talked about with Casey, right? It does happen, and it happens with more surprising people. So uh, you know, this is a guy Landry. He actually was top 25 in approach and off the tee at Valspar. He just couldn't putt. So as far as recent form, people will just see a 46th and a 47th and go, oh, he sucked. But he won here last year. Texas guy, the narrative feels good coming back to where you won. There's always something about that. The confidence is there. And he wasn't that bad at Valspar. If you go back and look for the entire event stats, he just isn't going to grade out on paper. Uh, one thing I see. you were saying, though, about the long shot thing, we've seen long shots do it too. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Jonathan Vegas in Canada. 
back-to-back yeah. back years. You know, they're probably around the same talent level, uh, and, and Vegas was able to do it back-to-back years. So it's not impossible, and I think you're going to get him low-owned, and I do like that play as a GPP flyer. Yeah, he, he's the other guy. You mentioned Dahman. He's the guy that really pops for me, so, you know, obvious reasons. Uh, you know, Corrales form, even he was just came 12th there, 12th the week before that. Stat guy, proximity, you mentioned all of it. And the other guy I like in here, skip a, a few of the other names because you mentioned them, but is is Dylan Fratelli. Uh, cut maker, forward, you know, he's got an 18th, a 37th in, in his last two, a 20th here last year. He's a University of Texas guy. Uh, he just got 18th at Corrales. And then he's a solid ball striker, a good driver of the ball. I, I just think he's a guy for 7,300, another good GPP flyer there. Yeah, I'm, I can, I'm definitely on him. I just didn't want to talk about every single dude. Another guy I do like is Nick Taylor uh, in this range. I don't remember if I talked about him. Uh, I, all that yelling earlier about Sergio and Kucher killed some brain cells of mine, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> anybody else in the 7K range? That that was the other guy. Sir, I, I, I always skip the low end when we get talking about There's two more guys. Nick Taylor is one of them. Uh, good all-around stats. Two top 25 uh, top 25s here just two two and three years ago so missed a cut last year but 22nd the year before 21st the year before that solid recent form he's five straight cuts with no worse than a 33rd but it's a 24 16 30 33rd and 28th uh, i like him i'll talk more about him later and the other guy was right at the 7,000 on the number is kramer hickok oh yes uh, i'm a fan so speaking of fratelli yeah he was fratelli's teammate uh obviously live with spieth here in texas and he just got a 10th in corrales uh, he's got five straight made cuts as well. And, you know, he's looking to pop at any time. So him at $7,000, he's the other guy for me. Yeah, I do like Hickok as well. And I, and Fratelli, I forgot that Fratelli played at Austin as well. So he has those ties to Texas also. All right, so let's move on to the 6K range. Tambo, why don't you go ahead on this last range? Yeah, I mean, this is – here's the thing. This range, we always go this way. But from 6,500 and up, I'm heavier Below that, I literally have one guy I'll mention below 6,500, uh, and, and we'll go that way. So I'll start with the top level. So um, if you're going up top, one guy is Kelly Craft. So just uh, just came off of fifth. He's Texas-born, playing well lately. Uh, three straight cuts. Uh, I'll go with him. Scotty Scheffler, he'll be brought up and touted everywhere. But Texas kid – um, stats pop, but it's only for 22 rounds. So I don't care about that, but just got second in the web event and he's got three top seven or betters in his last six web events. Uh, I do like him at 6,900, uh, Jonas Blixt. He's been playing really well, making every cut five straight, uh, decent finishes, 6,800 couple more Tway. Uh, this is one that won't pop at all GPP flyer, but decent results here. The last two years, a 38, a 36th and a third. Uh, no real form right now. He's coming off five straight missed cuts, but this is a course for him, especially if it's – I do like him especially more if it's a gustified, quote-unquote, where you know he can just bomb it out there to wherever he wants with a little bit wide and fairway, short or rough. I think we could see him get a bounce-back spot here and be low-owned. And the my favorite, though, is Shank. Uh, good recent form, stats pop for the ones I want, approach, ball striking, DK points, birdie or better. Made the cut here last year in his first time out, and he's got four out of his last five made cuts with no worse than a 33rd. Um, I'll save my final play because it's my favorite low-end play, but who else? Who do you like in these upper 6K range, Kenny? Uh, up top, I sort of like uh, Roy Sabatini. I know stat-wise he's not going to pop, but 
Uh, he's been having a pretty decent last month with four straight made cuts, uh, always in like the top 40. He had a top 20 at the Valspar. Um, he's someone that I can look at. He's been really good around the greens, good proximity stats from 400 to 450 yards. Uh, it's been putting well. Uh, so, you know, he's been relying on the short game of putter. And then this is a course where, you know, it, it, that, that could play a big factor because there's going to be a ton of missed greens uh, in this. I think only about 56% of greens are hit. So that around the green game is going to be important. And he's been pretty strong on that here recently. Uh, other guys, I sort of like DJ Trahan uh, at 6,700. Like, I think he has something like four straight top 20s of a, or three straight top 20s, uh, four in his last six events. And for a guy that's, you know, uh, this cheap, you don't really see that that often. Now, they weren't the strongest field events. One was Puerto Rico, one was the Dominican. Uh, but still, he's been really good tee to green. He's actually fifth in this field uh, in strokes gain tee to green in the last 12 rounds. Uh, 11th in strokes gain approach in this field in the last 12 rounds. He's long off the tee, but he still hits a good amount of fairways. That's why he's been doing so well. Uh, he's 20th in driving distance and 33rd in fairways gained in the last 12 rounds. That's a pretty good combo to have. Uh, so I do like DJ Trahan uh, at, at this. Uh, and I'm going to go back to Varner as well. Sort of too cheap in my book for $6,600. Um, other guys that pop for me, uh, Scott Langley, down here, Hank Lebiota, Sebastian Munoz, Sam Ryder. Uh, so those are some other guys that I will be playing in this 6K range. Who's your final dude? Uh, Carlos Ortiz. Uh, I, I forget where I saw it, but it was another nugget. The um, His little brother is the Latin American um, amateur uh, you know, leader. So he gets to play in the Masters. Oh really? So so Carlos Ortiz is obviously going to have some motivation yeah. to get in there when his younger brother gets in, and he he's got a chance. Obviously, if he wins this week, it's it's nothing else beyond that. Um, uh, again, stupid narrative play. He's been okay lately. Like he he's got a thirty ninth, a twenty ninth, and a ninth in three of his last five. Uh, the one time he made the cut here, he missed a cut three years ago, but then got a fifteenth the year before that. Uh, he is a good driver of the ball. He's been playing well, but I think that motivation factor for me is, you know, I'm at 6,500. I'm looking for a cut maker. So if, if there's enough motivation there, I'm not trying to say this guy will win or something, but I'll place like a top 20 bet on him, and I'll definitely use him in DraftKings because of that. And for me, that's enough motivation to go after it. If my little brother was playing in a tournament and I'm playing in way more PGA events than him and he's in the Masters, I'm pissed. Even though it is what it is, good for him crushing it over there. I want to catch his ass, and I want to be in the same tournament as him. Yeah. So I'm doing whatever I can this week to try and get in, and that to me is enough. All right, that sounds good. Anybody we miss here? No, but I, if you're not, I don't know if you're going to go down to the bottom with anybody. But one guy I was just going to mention is again, who cares? Throw it in six thousand dollars. The Chase McDaniel guy that oh. uh, Monday Q and you're then went Chip, in and got Chip into McDaniel's right. Chip, Chip McDaniel's Chip, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chase is another guy, Chase Wright, I was thinking of. But, yeah, Chip McDaniel, uh, you know, fifth in Corrales, which is pretty cool, shot a 63 on Sunday. And I, I always like a Sunday guy coming in hot. So at 6,000, just to take a shot on him, to me, it's, you know, it's not crazy if it can fit everybody else and then he ends up making the cut. Yeah, he had some crazy, like, nine birdies on Sunday. That was pretty freaking impressive for a Monday qualifier. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, – get being that hot and being that cheap, I wouldn't mind throwing him in a couple of lineups as well. All right. So, let's move on to this betting segment here, Tambo. Why don't you get us going? Yeah, betting segment sponsored by BetQL. Same guys brought you RotoQL. 
basically, the main thing is you want to download the app. You can get it on the App Store or the Google Play Store on Android. Uh, looking at three main things. First thing is going to be value bets. So they set up algorithms on the app to provide you with all the top value bets of the day. Uh, if you follow baseball, it's big for that right now. A lot of baseball games every day. Obviously, 162-game season. It goes on forever. Uh, line movement. So you can see how the lines are moving throughout the day. Big in something like college basketball. When the football season comes back around, you can sort of see where the money sits. And that is the final one, the public betting. You can see where the public's at, what percentage is on which side of the bets, and go from there. Uh, for me, Kenny, this week, I got I got five bets here. Uh, first one's going to be answer. We talked a lot about them. I got them 40 to 1. All my bets are going to be each way this week. So answer at 40 to 1. Nick Taylor, you and I talked about, at 75 to 1. I got Fratelli at 80 to 1. And then I got my guy Ortiz at 175 to 1. And the one guy I took, I didn't mention him earlier, uh, as a DFS play, you could definitely throw him in as a GPP flyer. He also has Texas ties. And that's Bo Hostler, a guy who hasn't done a thing anywhere lately. But I couldn't believe seeing him at 160 to 1. It just felt like if there was ever a time for him to turn around, this could be it. So for me, I got him at 160 to 1, and that's it. You know, I'm not too sure what's going to happen here. A lot of motivation factors. I missed the Furyk number. I think he was at like 40 or 49 to 1 or something. He dropped down to 30. Might still take that before the week's out. I don't know. I think he's really motivated here, and I think he can win regardless of the conditions. All right. We've seen the only guys come through. I mean, the last, I mean, Paul Casey's over 40. Kisner's, what, 35, 36, 37. Uh, Kuchar's in his 40s. They've all been balling. So the old heads have been playing pretty well. Um, I got four bets as well. My first one's going to be Kokrak at 28 to 1. He was so close. Uh, the last time out, uh, you know, hopefully he might be able to just come through and get over that edge, and I'll be on him at 28 to 1 the way he's been playing. Uh, Abraham Answer and Jonathan Vegas, uh, both at 40 to 1. I talked about them a bunch. Uh, I'll be betting both of them. And Joel Dahman at 80 to 1 uh, is my final uh, outright bet. A couple of top 10s and uh, top 10 and top five, top 20 bet I do like. Um, Landry, top 10, plus uh, 9 to 1. Uh, I'll be on that. Uh, this week, Andrew Landry and uh, DJ Trahan, uh, top 20, uh, 5.5 to 1. Uh, I'll be on that as well this week. All right, you got a one and none for us? Yeah, same same thing. The 48-year-old or whatever he is, man, Furick, I just talked about. And again, like I said, just because conditions don't really scare me. Like you thought he couldn't do it. I forget when it was a couple weeks ago when he was like minus 15 or something. Everyone said if it was high scoring, he wouldn't be in the mix. And he was. And then obviously I, I like him even more if it gets to be like a, an eight under or a nine under winner. So yeah, I, I'm good with Furyk. I'm going to use him here. I really think he's motivated to get this done. All right. Mine's going to be Tony Finau up top. I'm going to use the big dog for this. I think he could win this. Uh, I do like his game. I like the way he sets up for this course and he has good history here. So I'm going Finau. Before we head off, just make sure to remember to look at Golf Channel and see how much of the changes they have made on this course. If the fairways are much wider and the rough is much lower, you're going to have to give an advantage to the longer hitters once again. And that's something that could change your whole outcome for the whole week. So make sure you pay attention to that. Tampa, why don't you go ahead and tell us where they can find you. Yeah, gupscorner.com. Guys, it's important. It's the last week, really, before the, the Masters. So the promotion ends for everybody that wants to get a chance to go to Blue Jack National with Gup. 
Bucks, Moose from Fantasy National. All day, we all support everybody in the industry here. So, uh, you know, hop on there. The Slack is pumping. Everybody there was crushing it last week. We got a lot of money on the line. Over six hundred something people in in just the golf Slack alone. Uh, it's getting up there. So it's a lot of fun. Gupscorner.com. Check it out and then go from there. All right. Before I go into it, make sure you sign up for uh, Draft.com. Use promo code DGEN. You get that $3 ticket uh, with a $10 minimum deposit. Uh, you got that best ball thing going. It's a really fun, different way to go about it with snake drafts and all this cool stuff. It's a really good site. So make sure you check that out. Also check out FanshareSports.com. Use promo code DGEN. Uh, Use promo code DGEN10, and it's all in caps. You get 10% off the Fanshare Sports subscription. And also make sure to check out BetQL for all your betting needs. You can find me at PowerHourPod.com, and then, of course, on Twitter at KendoVT. All right, guys, let's win some money this week. Good luck to all of you. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, Others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.